0: This is Up The Creek, the definitive Jonathan Creek podcast with your host, my good friend Daniel Krupa and me, Gav Murphy. Today, we're contacted from beyond the grave by a ghost hunter, but is it real? So on this podcast, we talk about Jonathan Creek via the effect, the method and the reveal. Daniel, what is the effect? Of the Seer of Sands. Seer of the Sands.
1: (laughs) It's very serious this episode, Gav. (laughs) Yeah. The spirit of a ghost hunter contacts his lover from beyond the grave, answering questions that appear on a written note inside a buried bottle. Yeah. (laughs) There's a general thing of him coming back and giving her information but there is a specific trick of yeah these questions being answered and appearing on a note inside a buried bottle under the sand i thought when you start watching this
0: episode that it's going to be about the mystery of his death but they seem to kind of just go
1: nope he got hammered and jumped in his boat and i was it yeah just something about that seems weird but he does actually Commit suicide. It's odd, isn't it? Because
0: the lady even says, like, uh she even like, is it Ashley who even says like he would never get drunk and why would he get drunk and jump in his boat? He would never do that. And then you just go, Oh, okay, this is gonna be the crux of the episode. No. They just accept it. And they just go, No, 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 he
1: he's he's dead and he did it. He did it like that. So there's a lot in this episode about spiritualism. And also mentalism, which at the beginning of this episode, we see Adam again, and he's doing a street magic special. Yeah. I think obviously this is a bit, a few years after David Blaine, but also specifically Darren Brown. Yeah. So he's doing mentalism on the streets of London. Mm. And this just seems like a funny interlude, but also it does kind of factor into some of how this trick works.
0: Yeah. I guess like I see that as two things. I see it as like Adam and like more Renwick's answer to that kind of mentalism that was getting quite popular at the time. Like David Blaine shows were fucking huge over here. So I, th- I saw that as maybe as as an answer to that. But then he is actually doing them as well. Like Adam is actually sort of adjusting his TV show to be less about stuff on stage and more about going out and about. But then I guess Renwick does kind of send it up. He's moving with the times. Yeah, Renwick does kind of send it up with the, with the actual method of, uh, of Klaus's tricks, which is
1: hitting hope, yeah we just do it. you just don't use the ones that you that don't go well
0: <laughs> yeah
1: it's a, it's it's really simplified to the point as well, whereas like they are just going up to as many people as they can until they get the right one yeah well that's um Ask the method behind one of the specials that Darren Brown did which special the one where he would write to people and say betting on horses that would always win right because he would he would basically write to people with lots of horses and then he would only keep on writing to the people that the right horse won basically right he just never followed up with all the people that got sent the wrong answers didn't yeah yeah so it's a selective reality
0: yeah I like I that's the thing I do like that I think it's The way that it's presented in this, I don't like the way that it's presented in this because it's you see it through Adam sort of bumbling around and being crap. But then Jonathan is on set and Jonathan is the man behind this entire method. And you just kind of think like, that's just is a bit crap, isn't it? I think the way that it is actually filmed and portrayed is a bit rubbish. Yeah. When I'm meant to think that Jonathan is really good.
1: It is mind numbingly banal, to use Maddie's phrase. Yeah. I think what I also don't like about it being an edit is them using a different take. Yeah. I think that's actually more suspect of Jonathan. This is how the trick is done, fair enough. And it is kind of it achieves that effect and it's quite impressive for the one person it works for. Yeah. It's crap that they use the reaction of the woman of Adam slipping in dog shit.
0: Yeah. And Jonathan is absolutely bang
1: on. He doesn't mind about using that either. Like, he's into it. Nah, I think that's a bit dirty. Using camera trickery, Jonathan, come on, man.
0: It is a bit dirty. This was all happening around the fact that this ghost hunter, Justin Mallory, has been contacting his uh, estranged lover. Geraldine. From Beyond the Grave. Geraldine, who we've seen before. Yeah, the America. I thought she was playing the same character because we've seen her in uh, Time Waits for Norman. She's like the American colleague, but she's not. She's just an American person who... She
1: plays Justine Bailey in New York. In the New York office. But yeah, so... Again, another actor that I can't believe is actually American. I know, because she's so bad. It's a really,
0: really bad accent.
1: Why is the American really bad at being an American?
0: Odd, isn't it? But yeah, so we've got her stuff all that stuff is going on there i like the way that carla and jonathan become involved in this is really odd as well like you know like uh, we've just been saying so many times that they've set up this eyes and ears tv show and then they never use it as a contra for how they end up going to solve crime like carla just literally comes around his office I was like oh yeah i heard you were in the edit so how's it going because it seems like they're in an edit they're in the same production house.
1: Yeah, on a production house. Also, this is something I wanted to talk to about quite a lot when I was watching this. Because I can't remember this, and I don't know whether it plays into the reality of the show. This is this episode went out a year later than the last episode, even though it's classed as the same season. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, because there's definitely some time passed. So the last episode was March 03, mm. I think. And this is February 2004 whoa but it's still classed as part of season four so almost season four is broken into two parts but i don't know if this does this register as a time jump of a year in in the reality of the show i
0: guess because klaus is kind of working on a new show and doing something new with his magic
1: it just definitely feels like eyes and ears is not it taken off or in production or anything.
0: No, and, but also as well that they've moved offices, it looks like. It looks like Brendan's got his yeah. own office that isn't now the Eyes, and Eyes production
1: office. Why did they spend so much time setting up a thing that is actually just a burden? <laughs> that they never use anymore. And like, but also, even worse than it just
0: being a burden, it could have been a way of getting them into a lot of crime. So it
1: could have been the opposite of a burden. It could have been really fucking helpful, actually. Well, I was thinking about this the other day dance macabre is such a good episode for getting going yeah because right at the beginning of that the vicar turns up he goes you're madeline mcgillen mm. i hear you collect impossible mysteries i've got one for you yeah 10 minutes we're there we've got everything we're going yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas some of these things that are just appearing mid-episode to solve some things are being solved that don't even look impossible.
0: Yeah, it's really strange. But yeah, so we'll, we'll get on to... So the method of this then is Pacific Union hires Vegas mentalist Leo Jorgensen to rig up a trick involving radio mics and a piece of really long hose pipe, allowing the notes uh, with the answers to be written and inserted into a bottle underneath Geraldine where she sat. So it looks like that he's contacted her from the grave. I actually don't mind the hosepipe thing. I kind of, I know it's stupidly
1: elaborate. But it works. It functionally works. Yeah. It's just, again, I think this exists as a method and then you've got to create the most unbelievable motivations and set of characters around it. Yeah. For it to even be feasible. Because it doesn't, it starts adding all this different stuff up and then jonathan is like oh
0: leo Jorg- jorgensen the man known to have ties to organized crime."
1: and you're just like, oh, "Fucking, i can't be asked think about it we've got pacific we've got american companies yeah we've got a us congressman yeah involved in this we've got the mafia we've got a vegas <sighs> mentalist yeah all off screen yeah having these conversations to get us to the point where this can take place on the beach in England yeah that's a lot
0: there's also like you know how we keep coming up it keeps happening where Jonathan will just offhandedly remark at something absolutely wild and be like well it's easy enough to rig that up it's easy enough to do that it's easy enough to do that it's amazing what you can find on the internet he throws away um, the idea of digging up a corpse from a graveyard like it's nothing because when they go around to see these travelers, the, their caravan is on fire and the, he sees like a skeleton of a corpse in the window. And the way he explains it, how oh, it'd been easy enough to dig that up from a church graveyard. What?
1: Hang on. That's insane. Did <laughs> someone notice that? <laughs> no, that's easy enough to dig up from a church graveyard. When I was putting together the notes for this, actually quite mm-hmm. hard to find what you would identify as normal clues. In this episode. yeah,
0: Like the flies fucking everywhere, I guess. And everyone keeps moaning about the flies,
1: but it never registers to characters as a clue. No. It's just a detail that exists there for an explanation later on. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't really function as something that him and Carla discuss or remark upon.
0: Yeah. And also if that was a real clue, I feel like you'd have to have the flies dropping down and doing the same thing as becoming a comma. When Justin reads it. Like you'd have to have a similar thing happening to Jonathan, otherwise it's
1: just, oh, these flies are everywhere. Yeah. The, the only thing that kind of sticks out as the Jonathan Latches onto at the end is having the picture of El Capitan in a frame, having a landscape picture in a portrait frame. Yeah. And this mysterious smudge appearing every morning on the frame. <laughs> i was like oh my god is it gonna
0: be jizz it better not be jizz i was trying to like what's on his lips vaseline that he's making that much of a yeah
1: maybe it's all that ghost whispering he's doing it chaps your lips speaking to the dead
0: i'd almost put like that's the thing that almost comes into meldrew that does
1: like because it's just it, it seems really silly and over the top but also really sinister and weird actually when you unpack the photo thing he's concealing mm. the photo of geraldine the love of his yeah. life hiding it from ashley who he employs but she he yeah. thinks she's dangerous and insane and she definitely ably demonstrates that at the end of the episode. Yeah, she's worth worrying about. But the fact that he's having to conceal this picture of her—why? Con- just hide the picture. Why every day you've got to put this picture of El Capitan in front of it, which is a weird picture to have in. Why have you got a picture of El Capitan by your bed? Yeah, that's really odd. That isn't it? I couldn't be asked doing that every day. What is Ashley to him? His assistant? Fire her. Get rid of it. That's
0: the thing. Is like I thought maybe it was going to be a thing with a. He was having a secret affair yeah. or they were actually a double life, you know, but that, that doesn't seem to be the case. It just seems to be the fact that because she's had a troubled life, she's obsessed with him and he knows kind of she's
1: on the edge. So he's keeping it going. Yeah because there's quite a few movements to this while the trick thing pertains specifically to the answers appearing in the bottle yeah that exists to win the trust of geraldine so mm. the Andania can give her another psychic reading another message from justin from beyond the grave which is very cryptic but directly applies to the business decision she's currently evaluating right so this is what the company is trying to do is trying to sway her this is why this whole thing exists so that's the second this is why about the man of peace and the the man of war is two companies so that's why that exists and then the third movement is figuring out why justin became immediately suicidal Mm. and jonathan explains that one of these insects he flies lines on a fax which changes the meaning of the facts, implying that Geraldine is not going to leave her U.S. congressman husband and have a divorce. Yeah, which sends him in this spiral. I know that does. Uh,
0: I I don't mind the fly thing. Like I think it's quite fantastical, but it's kind of like a huh, okay. I feel like it doesn't it doesn't change the meaning of that facts that much. Like she's been trying to get a divorce out of this guy who keeps saying no and he said no again but she's not like it
1: hasn't been like he said no therefore we can never be together she still says like he says he said no yeah comma which is actually the fly one would have to suffer much longer
0: yeah but like for me i'm just thinking well yeah but he'll say yeah eventually
1: yeah. like he's obviously and she also says points. like she's
0: not saying like their relationship is ended
1: he's saying i'll say i'll speak to you later yeah <laughs> also give her a call yeah don't just read that facts and go right. That's it. He's obviously not in a stable place anyway. No, I think that's that's the idea, isn't it? Like, and okay,
0: that's fine. I don't mind that.
1: But yeah, it it does kind of boot off really quickly. That's the thing with this is, is the the general magic supernatural event is the bottle, hmm. but then there's these additional movements. And I don't think there's a very clear investigation of any single one. It kind of just yeah. It kind of just unfolds and Jonathan and Carla happen to be there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, because lots of it is happening while they're there. <laughs> Again, I do think this is a, a notebook of, oh, I've got this idea of something landing on a note yeah. and changing the meaning. I've got this idea about somebody using a spiritualist to manipulate someone. Yeah. And I think they've been combined. And I do think they've tried to, combine them under the heading of spiritualism and there's lots of stuff in there about cold reading and yeah manipulating someone who's impressionable and all that sort of stuff is in there and i think probably he's wanted to do an episode about that stuff for quite a while yes it's, it's just a bit nuts isn't it
0: but one thing i did really generally like was you know that jonathan recognizes uh leo jo- jorgensen and he doesn't know where from and then he clicks with him i do like the idea that that is linked to the work that the Klaus is now doing where he's doing a lot of mentalist stuff which suggests that Jonathan is just knows him from research that he's been doing like recent
1: research I kind of like that I I want a season where other Vegas magicians take Jonathan on like they're behind if there's a network in Vegas of these magicians that have been hired by the Las Vegas mob that's the reason for Jonathan to go stateside for a season I feel like if Sherlock can get
0: the money to do all kinds of mad secret society bullshit. Why can't Jonathan Creek? Maybe Renner's just never asked for it because it never even occurred to him that actually that Jonathan Creek could be a lot bigger than fumbling your way into a fantastical crime and solving it. Like you never thought for him. Like I, that's why I thought fucking Kenny was gonna be. I thought Kenny was gonna be like are uh, in into that a strange world, but it doesn't happen.
1: They should have got real life Vegas magicians to play villains on one off episodes. Oh. Or um, Copperfield has a big magic museum in Vegas that you can only get into if you're a magician. Use that as a lure, and Copperfield assembles the Suicide Squad of magicians to take Jonathan on. Yes, but also I I feel like that's not a million.
0: Miles away from what they're trying to set up because Maddie has now just become the friend in America. It feels like it's leading towards him going to America. Like, Jonathan, you've got to come to Vegas. I'm fucked. <laughs> the, the magicians have got me. Jonathan,
1: something's happened. Yeah. I'll see you at the Bellagio. <laughs> just for a Christmas special. Just to, Instead, we've got Jonathan Creek in Benidorm. It's not as good, as it? It's not as good.
0: I genuinely really like... The there's an, another mystery going on in the fact that they can't find the body and it's like a strange thing. I genuinely like that bit of the story where it turns out that Ashley has actually gone to get the body and brought it back to it. Like it's absolutely minging and weird and odd. But I I thought the mystery of you know when the guy is in Mickey, when he says like, Oh yeah, he had a stroke, but he's been dead he's been dead for two years. I love that storyline. I know it's
1: stupid. I think it is really sinister.
0: Yeah, it's really sinister. She's
1: made them some lovely glasses of pink lemonade and she's Yeah with a corpse. It's I love I really liked it.
0: Yeah, it's British psycho. There's a really funny bit though that I noticed it's like in the reveal when Geraldine leaves. I watched it back a couple of times, and she runs out of the house, they just hear a door slam, footsteps going, and then a car going, I was like, that, that's like The Simpsons, where Homer like runs away, it's like, oh my god, I don't think you needed all that. It's just like, yeah, door slam, and then the car driving off, I was like, what, what are we watching?
1: This is wild. Again, I think this episode also has something that we've discussed recently. How many people have to be involved to achieve this? How many people have had to go from a company level to the mafia, to a Vegas magician, to a hired actor, all gone, yeah, we'll do this. It's so crazy to have this cabal of people conspiring to achieve this, where previous episode, it's one or two people.
0: Yeah it almost is in line with the Gizmo's idea where you just be like, you basically saying anyone will do anything for money and you would be like, yeah, anyone will do anything if you can have that idea. But then that also gives you like this weird get out of jail free card where all these people have got all these separate lives and things like that and they just can do it. Although to be fair, that does happen a lot in Gossip Girl where there's characters for entire seasons that are actually different characters and have different motivations and stuff like that and they're just acting like that for an entire season so it's not this is not a unique crappiness to Jonathan Creek also happens in Gossip Girl
1: I was just a Mallory's secret lover
0: I'll put the kettle on then okay we've had the effect the method and the reveal but there are other elements which make up every episode of Jonathan Creek first up the Victor Meldrew Award for the most unbelievable scene. Poor old Joseph, just in general. <laughs> I mean, especially how he ends. He fucking gets eaten by a massive snake.
1: <laughs> and it's entirely played for laughs. Yeah. So the whole... Well, I guess that comes in another category. Let's do that later, but... It definitely will, yeah. Yeah, just him being a bad bodyguard and then him being eaten by this fake python. At Pinewood Studios. Poor, poor Joseph. But yeah, he will come back into another storyline. So that's absolutely fine. I think that does win the Meldrew for the most unbelievable mm. moment. But I also would like to give a little um, nomination for being glued together.
0: Oh my God. If you listen to the noises that Jonathan does, he's like, Oh, oh. Also,
1: <laughs> they're not glued together at all. No. <laughs> it's so weird. The position changes about three times. Again, Remwick having this commentary on tv production there's a line that jonathan mm. says oh we look like a bbc promo still yeah that's a bit inside baseball isn't it yeah it
0: is you could tell he's not happy with something even though they've given him an unending amount of money to make all this nonsense
1: <laughs> yeah because the last episode literally involved a publicity shoot for a tv show so i don't i, I don't know if this renwick getting some stuff out yeah but also as well they never make Renwick pose for the pictures fuck it yeah I wonder if there were some notes about giving Jonathan a better coat I'll fucking show you yeah I bet there was
0: because yeah the story is that the original coat is Alan Davis's actual duffel coat because he turned up to the audition wearing it and Renwick
1: was like stop that'll save us some money
0: yeah
1: being glued (laughs) together still be able to keep up with a, a horse yeah well done. That's uh,
0: that's pretty crap, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, I yeah, I'd put that in there for sure. I think that's good. I think Joseph Been and wins the award though.
0: Joseph being Eaten, and it just played entirely as a wah,
1: wah, Joseph has been eaten. No one shot as if a person has just died, which is what has just happened. Yeah, it's really
0: odd. Uh, <laughs> okay, thing has dated the most. I I've, I've put this in there, and I don't know if it's dated the most, but. Because I remember doing this because I, I studied film at university, so we had to make films. And I remember us getting hold of a wheelchair so we could use that as a steady cam. I don't think that's ever... That,
1: that doesn't work? Or well, that's never been used in actual production, has it? No, because even in episode one of Jonathan Creek steady cams yeah. have a prominent role to play yeah it's not as if steady cams don't exist in this
0: world yeah i've i've put that in there but maybe that's just that's just so stupid and fantastical
1: that i just don't think yeah that would just never happen i think this was dated even at the time but Mm. someone just having a gun. Yeah. (laughs) Joseph just has a gun and no one's shocked by him having a gun or going, that's illegal. Yeah. Guns were outlawed in the UK, I think in 96 or 97. Yeah. And he just has one. He shoots it in the air twice. Yeah, that's... That's wild. That's weird. I don't have anything else with the things that's dated the most. Maybe squeeze this one in. You can maybe put this in most British. Mm. Treating Americans as gullible idiots. Yeah. Because they call her the credulous Californian. Oh, yeah. I just think... I think that's dated. I think that late 90s, early 2000s notion of Americans as just being really gullible is dated.
0: I think if you watched any sitcom around that time, if American is on there, they've
1: got a big USA hat, would be a portly yeah, tourist. Crass. Really crass. Loud. It's that thing where basically... Clark Griswold yeah it's that thing British people this is also kind of not alright really as well it's in that category Mm. it's British people going um, a little thing about Americans I don't know if you know they don't understand irony yeah who made the Simpsons (laughs) I hate that it's just British superiority
0: yeah I I could see that I could could put that in there for sure the only thing I've got for most British thing is just how badly that spaghetti
1: has been cooked I've put that British cooking being shit (laughs) no Sauce on it, It's no sauce on it, but also the sheer quantity of it yeah. is insane. It's such a weird thing. It's basically going British people don't know how to what good food is. It's
0: like food in a cartoon, yeah, like the amount, the big mound on people's plates, the big mound in the bowl. It's what a kid would make with no sauce on it at all, yeah, exactly. It's like, and but also nobody makes fun of the fact that it's shit, they just make fun of how much is there. But it's like, I couldn't eat that. Do people eat dry spaghetti?
1: I do really like spaghetti as a texture thing.
0: I like spaghetti, but I I need something on it. I uh, lived with a guy at university. They used to make spaghetti and then just squirt loads of tomato sauce on it. Yeah. And that's what you Marinara. But like, (laughs)
1: it's like from like ketchup. That's it. I'm just having that. It was pretty horrible. I mean, that's not doing much disprove prove this point. No, absolutely not. To be fair, that's pretty bad. The phrase "I'll put the kettle on." Yeah. After something serious happens. That's really good. I like that. That's pretty British. But yeah, I didn't really have much more outside of them.
0: Got a few things for that. All right. Oh yeah. I think we've we've got our first f bomb. Do we? Yeah, we've got our first f bomb. Adam says we've been doing this for x fucking days. He says the f. He says the f word. Oh wow! It's insane. I did not pick up on that. We never had that. We've never had a swear. We've had bastard shit, maybe, arse quite a lot, dickheads. F, F-bomb f from Adam. F-bomb. I think, yeah, that's really, really not on. I guess the whole idea of that lady coming round to the, like the way that they discuss and treat the lady who's come round to see how their minority representation is. Uh, Felicia. Felicia. And the, the the way that he kind of undoes her a little bit. Uh, especially with Jonathan in the wheelchair,
1: that's really not on. Yeah, when she sees Jonathan, she talks to him in the wheelchair in such a patronizing way. Yeah. She goes, well done. Yeah. That's kind of not on. It's also not on Adam, obviously just seizing upon Jonathan in that situation to, yeah. as basically to get in with her. Yeah, that's not good, is it? Um, just a, a little person storyline again, like played entirely for laughs. Yeah. That's the thing. When you actually unpack it, it doesn't have any purpose at all. No. It's not, there's not even, it is just to go, this looks funny to me. Yeah. Let's laugh at this. And then also, yeah, he's of the size that a python can eat him. And that's going to be a funny joke <laughs> at the end. <laughs> that's it. Because
0: they, uh, up until then, that's the thing is like, that's why the shooting the gun thing isn't, seized upon because it's right in the middle of the joker ha 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 look how small this bouncer is yeah. look how small the security man is ha 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 like- Look how
1: easy he's got drunk he falls over yeah. he, does prat- <laughs> he does he does a prat fall jonathan refers to it as the vertically challenged <laughs> lobby oh no and then they make i think what is a joke where they say, rise above it.
0: Oh. Uh, but well also as well, they, they make a joke about how easily he gets drunk. He's drunk a whole bottle of Johnny Walker. Yeah,
1: there. I'd be out of it.
0: Everybody
1: would be hammered, regardless of your size. I, I think that's the worst thing, though. We've just touched upon it, is is when he's, he's, he dies, Yeah, he's not treated as a human being. No. Because if anyone else had died on... Set Mm. it wouldn't be played as a comedy moment. No, so you're basically treating that person as less than a human being.
0: But what's really odd though is like that. Obviously, Klaus isn't responsible for that death in the same way he wasn't responsible for Velma's death. The man is around
1: death quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's also the thing when we talk about this. This is from a different show. Yeah, because the core Jonathan Creek show deals with murder as a serious thing (laughs) so you're basically saying as a core value of the show human life means something enough for us to investigate it you (laughs) can't then in another scene just go oh someone's died by a snake what? yeah why have they done this? this is 2004 I guess
0: at least he didn't feel any pain. Another biggie that we'll get into, but also, I guess, before that, the treatment of travellers—just constantly calling them gypsies, having them just portrayed in that really cartoony way—I mm. think that's yes, really not on in two thousand and in two thousand and four. That I mean, it's not on anyway, but that's not that long ago. Yeah, like scammers. Yeah. It's really, it's, yeah, it's really not on. But I think, like, the biggie in all this is how Brendan's previous marriage to a man is treating. Like, Carla actually says, I'm going
1: to be sick. Well, Carla's got... And prior's on this, <gasps> yeah. In Satan's Chimney, when she has displayed homophobia, with yeah. the very idea of kissing a woman—that entire—and even when Brendan's like, "I feel
0: like you're being a bit homophobic here," even he's not even that. He doesn't even really mind the uh, the, the stuff that she's saying. And it's even worse then when Jonathan finds out about it. She's like, "Come on, Len, let's have it," and he says, "Well, it's not so much bigger me, but bugger me." And like, what is this? Oh yeah, what that does not belong in this show. I don't know what show that belongs in. Nothing. It's all, It's not on us now. He's a different person without Maddie. It's really not on us now. <laughs> I just don't I don't get any of that. Have you got anything for Grot Cabinet? Let's open it up.
1: I don't really have anything. Yeah, I don't have anything. Sorry, Adam, mate. Like, you weren't that grotty. Um, the only thing I might just put in is when Adam getting people to lift up his shirt. Yeah. It's not really grot, but I'll tell you what, he's in... He, Looks pretty trim.
0: Yeah, I guess he's got to be if he's on that. He, like, he actually didn't look bad as the sort of street magician mentalist going around.
1: I mean, I'd take that over the turban. Yeah, well, absolutely, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, all right, let's close the grot camera then. We actually, for the romance update, we actually get a little letter from Maddie, um, which looks boring as fuck. <laughs> didn't, like, I was trying to see how much I could read of it, and it feels like she's just letting him know about some house she's building was so boring. But I also, I didn't really like, he says, do you miss her ever? Your friend in America. And then Jonathan, I know he's thinking about something else, but he just goes, who's that? And I don't like that. Because it's kind of, that feels like it's a bit of a dig. Like, oh, this show doesn't need her. Where we know from these episodes, this show 100%
1: needs her. I wonder if there was any point when they were doing this with this break of a year. I don't even know if was, these were filmed all at the same time and they were just put out later. I don't know yeah. about the production. Whether it was ever on the cards of her coming back. Yeah, I don't know. Like, once Carla goes, because she obviously can't be involved. I wonder why they get rid of her. Yeah. Set up someone new. I wonder if there was any junction of going, can we get Caroline back? Yeah. Before you start looking at Sheridan Smith.
0: Yeah, because it feels like she wasn't really doing that much. I do actually, to be fair, like, I love the fact that I'm not saying that getting an interview on the Ellen DeGeneres show is the be-all and end-all. But I would kind of feel like if you're being interviewed on the Ellen show about a show that you're making, I would feel like I'd made it. I'd feel like, oh, I feel mildly successful here because I'm being interviewed about a thing that I'm making on a very famous talk show. She has been on that, but not about Jonathan Creek, unfortunately. Can you imagine? Her and Alan Davis on the Ellen show. But it's talking about some shows she made for the BBC about nice
1: nice buildings. <laughs> Ellen going, do a trick for me. <gasps> he goes, think of a city. Yeah. <laughs> you got tissue in your bag. There's also some other good um, Jonathan and Carla stuff here. Carla's talking to Brendan in their new house at the beginning of the episode mm. and she describes Jonathan as quite fine. Mm. But then she says something that implies that they've never had sex. Really? You know that I was quite attracted to Jonathan at one time. I mean, I never actually... Lowered the little drawbridge, as my mum would say, but we had our moments. Oh. So it almost implies, even though it seems like they were together for quite a while and he met her parents, that they've actually never consummated their relationship. Yeah. Which is bizarre because then four or five episodes in of Carla and Jonathan, Mm. you're now trying to make out that they're still in a maddie jonathan-like situation of never actually acting upon it yeah when prior to this point i thought they'd had a full relationship we,
0: we kind of surmised that they'd been together for like four months because he was yeah. meeting her thing see i wasn't really listening to that so i thought in that instance they were talking about burying the hatchet and that's in like oh over the course of that year she's never lowered the draw b- bridge as in like she's never offered like to make peace that's what i thought that was about rather than their actual relationship so oh. i just wasn't listening
1: <laughs> that's what i think she was getting at yeah but, I don't know. but
0: that is wild to be fair it is kind of odd isn't it because it feels like they just don't know what to do with this relationship and it, maybe that is some to do with the fact that the the time is passing i know like a lot of Americans do make fun of how short British seasons are. It feels like Jonathan Creek is fucking all over the place. Yeah. In terms of like when it's released and the actual production of it. I
1: don't know. I guess it's hard if you are writing it and you don't know when you're gonna come back, how many episodes, or whether you can get a certain actress back, how much do you invest in that storyline of them having a thing when it could also not pan out again? Yeah. If you're a Renwick and you've lost Caroline Quentin after 3 seasons of doing that. Yeah. Would you feel less motivated in doing that kind of storyline again, going, well, I don't know what else to do with
0: it. Yeah, that's a fair point, I guess. I th- I think it's just it's really strange isn't it because one of the main one of the main drives in Jonathan Creek is his relationship with Maddie and with this you you kind of you're not doing it, but you're not doing anything with it. Like I like, you know, there's there's, we talked about why the will they won't a uh, thing with Maddie was badly handled and was frustrated for numerous reasons for this. I don't even know what it is.
1: I can't even put in to words what their relationship is. I don't even know why he's doing these crimes anymore. (laughs) I just don't know why he's bothered (laughs) involved unless he wants to spend time with her, but that doesn't seem quite apparent. Although I would say at the end of this episode, it's probably the sweetest moment they've had on camera, mm. apart from the shower and him shells her yeah. under the duffel coat. It's when they're on the boat at the end. I don't remember that. There's a there's a sudden easiness between them, and it almost feels like something's about to happen. And then Brendan appears from the water, oh, yeah. like Jason Voorhees yeah. at the end of Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> which is A ridiculous moment, but it's to interrupt them. Almost, yeah. It almost feels like they're going to have a kiss or something. There's a there's a new warmth amongst them. She's not angry for a change. (sighs) That's weird when he just appears. He's like, I just thought I'd come surprise you. I think he says something about them. He calls them like chaps or something like that as well.
0: (laughs) All right, chaps. (laughs) Fucking mad. Absolutely mad.
1: such a weird ending.
0: Man. It's so weird. What how many so we got another two episodes of her of uh, of Carla, have we. <laughs> yeah. We got we got the checker box and Gorgon's Wood. Is she gone then, yeah? Uh, is she in Gorgon's Wood. Yeah, she is. she is. Okay, good. So that's her last episode. And I'm not saying that I want her gone. Um I'm just saying that it's strange. And then I actually really rate the Grinning Man despite it being about half an hour 40
1: minutes too long i think that's a big E, that is it's a big old one have you seen how bad the photoshop is for judas tree on the thumbnail on the bbc website no is it awful that's a mad bit of photoshop though.
0: one thing that i really enjoy um is uh because on the bbc uh, this is maybe what he's talking about oh my god so if you go and watch some of the episodes for on iplayer and I really like one of them. So for the, the thumbnail for Reconstituted Corpse, it's obviously a promo image. But the promo image is a really awesome picture of Maddie and Nigel Planer, where it looks yeah. like Nigel Planer is helping to solve the mystery and like that he's Jonathan Creek. When actually we know from watching that episode, that entire guy is like actually quite
1: bland. But he looks he looks into that promo picture this is the thing some of the thumbnails are spot on yeah so House of Monkeys you've got a good picture of the Shogun Samurai outfit yeah Jack in the Box just a picture of Maddy <laughs> why nothing to do with the episode it's yeah true. anyway uh, there we are well we got that anyway to look
0: forward to <laughs> Carla leaving and Sheridan Smith coming in starting over again <laughs> On the next episode, Adam's nailing himself to a cross and we're wondering what the hell is in the checkered box. Up the Creek is produced by RKG. We make podcasts and videos about games, movies, basically anything fun, including 23-year-old BBC shows about a magician's assistant who lives in a windmill. If you'd like to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash
1: RKG.